Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Managing Editor James Kleiman to talk about loan officer compensation and how LOs are manipulating lead sources by using pricing buckets, a practice that might be illegal according to the LO comp rule. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and thank you for taking some of the podcasts in the last couple of weeks. You've had some great interviews um, with industry professionals. Love to hear those, and, and so do our audience. Yeah, thanks for letting me do it. Absolutely. So I wanted to talk today about a story that you worked on with Flavia Furlan Nunez, who's our senior uh, mortgage reporter at Housing Wire. You guys worked for five weeks or more um, talking about this really important topic. So um, it's how LOs are, are feeling pressured to cut, cut their own comp right? To get, to win the borrower and, and maybe, you know, to make their bosses happy, but also like it might not be legal. So um, really compelling story. We published it right in the middle of the holiday. So I want to make sure it gets the, the kind of attention it should. So let's talk about that. How did this story come about? So we, we've been hearing for quite some time, even over the course of years, that there are LOs out there who in effect are reducing their own compensation to be more competitive on pricing. And obviously this would affect LOs who are working with more price sensitive borrowers in the first place. And it's something that we've known about for years, but only in the last couple of years where obviously mortgage rates skyrocketed and the lender margins started shrinking and LO volume went from, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten loans a month down to two, three, in some cases zero or one, right? And so I think in in large part the practice that we describe has been in place since the LO comp rules came into existence in 2011, 2012. But the amount of abuse that mortgage professionals described, that lawyers described, has only really taken off since the times got really bad, you know, over the last couple of years. And so what we're specifically talking about, Sarah, is a violation of Regulation Z. And just to lay the groundwork a little bit, I, I don't want to get too deep into it because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. But in effect, when the CFPB in 2011 designed new LO comp rules, they said, essentially, you get paid the same on every loan, and it's about you know, the cost of a loan. It's not about proxies. It's not about specific things that the LO can do to make it more expensive or less expensive. We want to create uniform standards here so that we don't have abuse. We don't have steering. We don't have, let's say, for example an LO steering a borrower to an FHA loan instead of conventional so they can make an extra $2,000, $3,000 on that loan, which is something we did see pre-Dodd-Frank. And so the CFPB essentially creates a standard system where the LO is taking, let's say for argument's sake, 150 basis points per loan, and that's their comp, right? The CFPB also allows the lenders to pay different 
to pay the LO differently based on the lead source. And so if the LO is doing self-generated leads, like the vast majority of them are, let's say it'll be 150 basis points per loan. And that's in recognition of the fact that Yellow is doing a lot of work. They're already building out their marketing apparatus. Maybe that lead came from another client they've already had who talked to a neighbor and, or it's their, you know, their mother who's downsizing or, or finding a new home somewhere, a second home, right? And so the yellow should be compensated because they're putting all that marketing cost into procuring that lead. Whereas if let's say it's company generated and the company has a refi candidate and they say, hey, Sarah, you're the LO. Do you want to execute on this lead? We're going to pay you 50 basis points for it. Again, a recognition that you're not doing all the work that you would have had to have done if it were your own lead, right? And so the lenders have created, in some cases, up to a dozen different buckets, we'll call them. And so you'll have the self-generated bucket, Let's say it's 150 basis points or 125 basis points. You'll have an MSA bucket. Let's say you have, uh, you know, some sort of market agreement with a real estate office or, you know, some other uh, entity that'll be, let's say for argument's sake, 75 basis points. Let's say corporate generated, that'll pay the lease, that'll pay 50 basis points. You'll have a builder um, bucket and that'll pay 60 basis points. The lender has full discretion on what they can pay based on which bucket it's in. What has happened is LOs are fairly savvy. And when they're having the initial conversation with a prospective borrower, they want to feel out that borrower and they want to determine how likely is this borrower to price shop me to their interest rate sensitive. They don't want to be paying an extra, let's say 75 basis points. Right. And so if I know that you are going to, shop around after I give you a quote of say 7%, I want to lead with my best foot. And so I am going to keep in my mind, okay, I'm going to put this lead into the 50 basis point bucket because that's the edge I need so that I don't get shot, that I don't lose this loan when it does come time to locking. And so that's what we're seeing across, uh, this is really a distributed retail issue, Sarah, this is, um, you know, in some cases, LOs working with their company, with their branch, and outright lying and saying, you know, I'm putting this self-generated lead that should pay 150 basis points, and I'm going to put it in a 75 basis point bucket because that's enough for me to get the lead and for you, the branch, or the lender to close the deal. Uh, in some cases, we've heard from sources that it was really a feature of the business, that it's not really... Um, based on the loan officer's specific needs per loan, that it's really kind of a business imperative. And what it means in the aggregate is at a single branch for a large retail lender, you can have one LO who doesn't lie about the origin of the lead, and you can have another who does and will put everything in a 50 basis point bucket and the pricing at the same branch for the same product for the same borrower profile could be a 75 to 100 point difference. And that's a full basis point, right? I mean, that's, that's just huge. And so it creates distortions in pricing. I think there are a lot of questions 
to be answered about potential fair lending violations, whether there is discrimination when you are quoting. And, and I don't think that anyone is is out there doing it to be discriminatory. Um, but I do think you run the risk of having a situation where there are prospective borrowers who are paying more because they don't know to price shop to test the LO that they got the quote from. And then, so there are a lot of potential implications here. I think the other thing is, you know, at first you go, oh, is this a victimless crime, right? I mean, like, you know, uh, you know, it's it, it, in some ways it could be, but also the LOs themselves felt, uh, many of them felt very pressured to do it. I mean, so it's not like they're sitting there going, you know, some of them are, right? You're, it seemed like some that you guys talked to were like, you know, they decided to do this on their own. It, it, it Like you said, on, at other shops, it seems like not a bug, but a feature. And it's sort of the understanding once, once you get hired and once you get on that that's what you're going to do. Yeah. And I think it depends so much on the market that you're in, what sort of business you've been doing as an LO. Um, you know, what we frequently heard is that let's say you are a top producing LO in a pretty decent market you are probably going to be able to win most of the business that you used to win by maintaining discipline and keeping on message and articulating your value and working with individuals because the people who are often doing these practices aren't the top producers. They're in the mid-range, they're sometimes lower, they're desperate for volume, it's not to suggest that this doesn't happen to producers who are maybe a little bit higher on on the big board, um, but but definitely it's something that, I, let me give an example. I talked to a loan officer and, um, and branch manager in California, and I asked her, how do you deal with this? Because it's, uh, by her own admission, like pervasive. It, it happens all the time. And it would often be someone who would normally get 150 basis point comp and they're lowering it down to 40 or 50 just to get that deal done. And it's like, how do you compete with that if you're not able or willing to use the pricing bucket strategy? And she said what she's done is she's dropped all of her comp on all of her loans, right? So one uniform price down to 75. And at 75, she thinks that she'll be close enough or gaining an edge on most of her competitors to win those loans, but she doesn't have to play the bucket game to get ahead, to, to fight for each and every single one. Now, I think this is all a good conversation in the broader context of the LO comp rule. I spoke to a lot of people who think that the way to do it is to go back pre Dodd-Frank when LOs, you could negotiate more, you know, there, there were definitely a lot more, I think, incidents of, dishonesty and steering and, and problems. And, and I don't mean to suggest that, that that's not something, um, you know, that people should be concerned about, but you're creating such a distortion in the market. You are promoting um, a lot of, let's be honest, illegalities, at least according to the proper reading of, of Regulation Z, that if the CFB is not enforcing it, like, why do this at all? Why not just go back to the way it used to be when LOs made less money and you had a little bit more power in in most cases for the consumer? Um, but like I said, it's a complicated subject. And No, I was going to ask. So um, I know you talked to uh, lots of lawyers uh, who advise people and, and are like, hey, okay, this is what you have to do for compliance. So my first question is, if you just have that... Um, 
you know, straight 75, like, like that one loan officer told you, she just has the base price for everybody. Does that get you out of the, you know, does that make you free and clear on compliance? And then what did they think, you know, when the lawyers you talk to, when you're like, Hey, this is widespread, what's the likelihood that the CFPB is going to crack down on this at some point? So the, the first question, the, LO who was dropping her pricing to 75 basis points. Yeah, that is fine. If if you are creating one comp plan for everything, right? If you're getting paid on the same loan products uniformly, that's totally fine. And again, in and of itself, the pricing bucket game, as it's called, is not explicitly illegal. So if I am getting, if I'm an LO and I do get that loan from corporate generated, right? Let's say it's a refi candidate from in-house and I'm just executing on that loan. Like that's fine. The requirement is that one, that has to be true, right? So that's the first part of it. But the second part of it is that the lender is tracking that loan and that has to be the case for every loan. There are creative, clever ways that people can get around this we talked to a couple LOs and a few lawyers who who described a practice where the LO will instruct the prospective borrower to click the link on the website and then type in the name of the LO and that will then render it a corporate generated lead and and thus they would be cutting their compensation from let's say 125 basis points down to 75 right and so if the lender is following and tracking that lead, they're going to correctly see that it is actually, oh, look at that. You know, it, it came from the borrower clicking on this link to our website and putting in the name of the loan officer. How could this be a problem? How could this not be in compliance? Well, the LO instructed them to do this. So if the LO is instructing them to do this, then I, I would think it's sort of like telling on yourself, right? Like it's it's sort of implicit that it's a self-generated lead, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, you see a lot of different ways that people are able to do it. In terms of how widespread it is, it's really hard to say because there's no one, the, the, the only entity that we know has the ability to track this across the industry would be the CFPB. And the CFPB did not really issue uh, a statement. They didn't answer our questions they are reviewing the LO comp rule in general, but it's a little bit more specific to the impact on small businesses. It's not really a, a larger deconstruction of the impact of the LO comp rule, you know, 10 plus years later. So I, I don't know if, if they are looking into this. Maybe they will be interested in creating a new standard. You know, maybe they get rid of some of what they have already done. Um, maybe they just decide, look, like jaywalking, it is a relatively victimless crime. We're going to allow uh, LOs to reduce their comp and just very, very much be mindful of potential discrimination through steering, right? Like we know that the CFPB is very interested in redlining and that protected classes could be victims of discrimination. So I, I don't think that kind of, you know, operating framework would change, but how they would police, if at all, through LO comp rule is very much an open question. I, we didn't speak to anyone who was convinced that the CFPB is, um, has taken particular notice of this issue. 
Housing Wire is now accepting nominations for our Women of Influence Award, and I have to be the hype person here. I love this award. We started this program 15 years ago to recognize the outstanding efforts of women in driving the housing economy forward, and it just gets more competitive every year. The winners of this award are fantastic, and I can't wait to read your submissions, so send in your nominations today at housingwire.com slash women of influence. Give us a little bit of uh, background on on the scope of this. How many people did you talk to? What does it look like when you're when you're interviewing people about something that could potentially be illegal? Like I, I would think that um, you know not everyone would be really excited to talk to you about that. <laughs> yeah, mo- most people were not. We spoke to about o- over two dozen, so definitely over twenty four people. We spoke to probably seven or eight lawyers. I spoke to about ten to twelve loan officers. Uh, spoke to about six or seven mortgage executives. We spoke to uh, people who who operate the technology, so people who um, work in the tracking of leads. And uh, again, there's no consensus as to how many many LOs do this in the distributed retail world. We heard ranges from anywhere between 30 to 40 to up to 75%. So I can tell you that it is widespread, and I, I don't mean to either suggest that this is necessarily a terrible crime has been committed. You know, like in most cases, I would imagine that the borrower is going to get a better deal in a time of historic, you know, affordability issues. And we don't know of any specific individual who has been harmed as, as a borrower, uh, you know, by this bucket game manipulation practice. But we do know that LOs, when they're desperate, are looking for an edge. And we know that lenders have really been a little bit more particular on the amount of pricing concessions that they themselves are willing to eat. And so if you want to get a deal done as the LO, in a lot of cases today, it's going to come through your pay, not through the lender, right? The lender is already seeing their margins having evaporated significantly. A lot of them are just holding on. And so they're not they're not as willing to offer concessions as they once were. So if the LO is cool with cutting their own pay to get a deal done and the borrower is getting a better rate, I think most in the industry who are, if not endorsing the practice, accepting of it, say this is a victimless crime. And if there is a problem, then we would have seen it through a CFPB audit. We would have seen an enforcement action and there has been nothing of the kind. And so I think a lot of people just see this as it's a tough market and we're going to do what we need to do to generate business. And there haven't really been any consequences that I can see. There doesn't seem to be an industry-wide recognition that this is a problem. And there are some people who believe it is a problem. I spoke to Victor Ciardelli, the founder and CEO of Guaranteed Rate. And from his perspective, LOs and lenders themselves are, in a sense, conspiring, right? And they're being dishonest about what they're doing and reclassifying leads that they know are self-generated and calling them something different, and it's taken a real toll on his business. It has real world impact. He's lost loan officers. He's lost money because there are deals that his 
his LOs are not closing because they're going to who he believes are greedy, uh, less scrupulous uh, LOs at competitors. And so there, there are a lot of um, potential implications of the practice. But I think another important point is everybody is looking to gain an edge in some way, shape, or form. And so quite a few of the LOs and, and the mortgage executives who I spoke with said, look at how brokers get paid, right? I mean, there are so many brokers out there who are going to go from, let's say, 250 basis points on lender paid comp, and they're going to flip it all the way down to, say, 100 basis points on you know, comp that is paid for by the borrower. And how is that any different? You know, what's There are lots of people who say, look at what the builders are doing with their own uh, you know, their own JVs or their own lending arms. They're in in the minds of many everyday mortgage practitioners. They're basically doing the same thing, and even on, on a worse degree, right? So everybody's looking for an edge, and I don't know that the CFPB is especially interested, but certainly the the people who feel like there's a race to the bottom here, feel very strongly about it. And a couple of the yellows we spoke to said, you know, I'm going from 125 basis points in every loan all the way down to 40, 50. And who's taking the hit here? It's not the lender, right? It's not even the borrower in some cases. It's me. I'm I'm sitting here with credit card bills. I'm looking at uh, another difficult month and I could be making more working at a retail store in the mall, right? Like, what are we doing here? And and maybe this is going to be kind of the new standard where LOs aren't paid as well as they used to be. And again, contextually, when we look at pre-Dodd-Frank, the average LO was making 75, 80 basis points, right? It's a lot lower than it is today. And so there is definitely a fear among some LOs that this is creating a new standard that, you know, the, the 100 bips and above is just not going to return and and definitely a strong contingent feel that that's a mistake given how much work goes into these loans. James, thanks so much for being on today. Fascinating information. I know our readers have really appreciated the deep dive on this one and we will look forward to uh, the continued reporting here. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.